Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Presented by Brown Crouppen. Brown Crouppen, 222-2222. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. George Sells. Good to, good to have you back. How are you? Doing great. Good to be here. Good to have you. Um, I enjoyed being on with you earlier this morning, but it's nice to see you here in studio. You know... That was some weekend of football for me, personally. Uh, I was going to say, the the Hoosiers were making you a happy MICDS, my alma mater, my high school, played in the state championship in Jefferson City, and Helias Catholic got them 35-30. I watched it on Misha TV, um, and it was was a great call. It was a fun telecast. I enjoyed watching it. It was tough. There was not a punt in the game. Seriously? This was on Friday. There was not a punt in the game, and as it turns out, MICDS went for it on a fourth and two from like the twenty-eight yard line, and it did not work. Um, and that uh, came back to haunt them. That actually was the game, really, as as they ended up losing that game by five. It was a great game. Kids are great. Uh, coaching staff. I'm really proud uh, to be an alum of MICDS. Then my college, Indiana comes through the next day and lifts my spirits with a resounding, and it was not this close, 14-6 to win over Wisconsin, which was very, very special. I mean, I to me, maybe the best, I, I hate saying best, but like that was the one win for IU football where I got a little emotional at the end and said, finally, like I have a football program for real. Um, I was going to say it has been. It's been a long time. Since 2002 that they beat Wisconsin. Uh, they they slayed the uh, the Michigan Dragon and won that, and they hadn't beaten them in in twenty five years or longer since nineteen eighty seven. So actually longer than that. I mean, I I remember the last time Indiana was a legit contender for the yeah. Big Ten. I was in high school in Detroit, yeah, and went with a buddy because they played Michigan State at the last game of the season in East Lansing for a shot to go to the Rose Bowl, and Michigan State beat them. Mm. And this was, I think it was 87. Yeah, so that was uh, Lorenzo White, I think, was the running back for Michigan State. That was a good Michigan State team. 87 was a special year. They beat Michigan. They beat Ohio State. Yeah, so this team, this Indiana team, and I'm going to get to my first love in just a minute, my first college football team that I fell in love Mm -hmm. with, but... 
my alma mater, I put my heart and soul into this place. I started in, there in 93 and used to walk to the games from my dorm. You could see the stadium from the dorm. It was a bit of a walk, but we we went down there and just, you know, ate it up as freshmen. They were eight and three. I thought, you know, someday this program will be taken seriously. And I did not know that I would have to wait 27 years for that. But yesterday they walked into Camp Randall. They're 13 and a half point underdogs still. I mean, the 10th-ranked team in the country still is a two-touchdown underdog. Reason is their star quarterback, Mike Penix, out for the year. Uh, love the kid, but I don't feel sorry for Indiana because they are prepared for things like that, and they have this guy named Jack Tuttle, transfer from Utah, comes along, has a very efficient game, and the defense shows up, and they beat Wisconsin 14-6, to and it was just an incredible feeling. I'm like, so this is what it feels like to have a good football team <laughs> because I know it's not a fluke now. And I know that they'll be good for a long time that Tom Allen's building a great program. But uh, the other great moment yesterday was watching Missouri play Arkansas. And I got amped up for this because I had Gary Pinkle on the garage happy hour and I was excited and I got into a, a really good mood about the rivalry and it is a rivalry, by the way, if anyone questions that. These are border states, and they recruit against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's important to win this game. Also, Barry Odom wanted to win this game more than anything. You know, the defensive coordinator for Arkansas, the former Mizzou coach. But it goes back and forth. Missouri falls behind on a two-point conversion that bounces off of a linebacker and lands into the arms of a receiver. Were you it, having visions? I was having at that visions moment. of 1997 <laughs> against Nebraska, the kicked ball, and there were even some little comments on Twitter like, "Well, Missouri, Missouried this one again," and they're 43 seconds on the clock, and Mizzou changed the narrative in that they don't lose these games anymore. They went down the field with a freshman quarterback, Connor Bazelak, calmly made the plays. And then not once, but twice, Sam Pittman, the Arkansas coach, tried to ice the freshman kicker, Harrison Mevis, and he knocked it through like it was no big deal. A 32-yard field goal right down the middle, and Missouri wins 50-48. to And I felt great. I've been down this road before with Missouri, and I feel it again. This program is coming. And, and you can just see it. You can see how the players love Eli Drinkowitz. You can see... Uh, that there's some saltiness around some other programs. I saw it on my Twitter feed when I posted that he's doing this during a pandemic in his first year, and some people are questioning Mizzou and, you know, oh, the schedule and, oh, who have they beaten? I'm like, I love this. I love this feeling again. I love the, the, uh, the back and forth. Mizzou is talked about again, and they they'll be an really SEC good. Schedule too. Now, granted, I don't care who they SEC play. Their schedule is not as strong as, as some of the others, but – they're playing the teams that come in front of them, and they're not play- And it's not like they lined up patsies. Yeah, it's funny that anybody <laughs> would question the SEC. But anyway, you know, I mean, the SEC. Yeah. Like the best conference in the country. I don't care. I remember the- sitting at a friend's house opening weekend when they were playing Alabama. Yeah. And we start looking down the schedule. And we are thinking, if you want to be super pie-in-the-sky optimistic – Looking at the ten the ten teams that they had on their schedule, that all SEC schedule, pie in the sky, optimistic, probably almost delusionally so, would have been five wins, and here we are. Yeah, you know, and I think that maybe people have short memories because the first game that they played was against Alabama, and you'd assume that they got their butts beat by Alabama. That's not the case, actually. Uh, they beat them decisively. 
but they beat them by 19 points, 38-19. Since then, There's Alabama has in that game. By the way, yeah, they did. <laughs> Since then, Alabama has absolutely thrown the hammer down on everybody except for Ole Miss and Georgia. Georgia gave them a game of Georgia's good. Ole Miss that was a shootout, but they did score 63 points on Ole Miss. Uh, so that was their first. That was his first game. Mm-hmm. Eli Drinkwitz, the first game he plays is against Alabama and loses it 38-19. Then they just looked bad at Tennessee. They can't stop a third down. They can't run the ball. They get beat up by Tennessee. Now you're 0-2. But this tells me something about the program and the coach and the direction that they're going. They beat LSU, granted, a depleted LSU team and not the national champion from last year, but it's also a Missouri team that has been depleted by COVID-19, by a lot of other factors. Their roster is not what it will be or what it could be. And the first win on his schedule uh, is LSU, 45-41. Then he has the Vanderbilt game postponed, the Florida game postponed. He's got Kentucky, a team that has haunted Missouri recently and beats them by 10, 20-10 on a great defensive and physical run game. That's what they, they decided to do. Throat. They did. They decided this is going to be a low-scoring physical game. Then they get throttled by Florida, 41-17, a team that's clearly a top, should be a top five, but they're number six in the country right now. Uh, the Georgia game postponed. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's been nuts. So, it's been nuts. So they, they beat South Carolina, Vanderbilt, which wasn't much of a contest, and now this Arkansas game. I don't care what the schedule is. You play who's on it. And the fact of the matter is they've won five games. So Missouri's 5-3. and three. We'll see what they have against Georgia this weekend. If they don't beat Georgia, if they get wet, wa- uh, whitewashed by Georgia, people will question, I guess, the validity of how good Missouri is. But I'm looking ahead. I'm not talking about right now. This is a program that's on the rise. I think, and I think the Georgia game will—they'll be competitive. I'll, I'll say it here right now, and you know, call me or tweet me or whatever if I'm wrong next week. But uh, I will say that they will be at the very least be competitive in that game against Georgia. I, I think that they are past the walk in and you know lay down and get blown out stage at this point. I think they've figured out enough. That one loss at Tennessee you talked about was clearly the, even though they lost the game, that was also when they found their quarterback. I mean, a big part of the reason they got the ball run down their throat against Tennessee was the fact that they couldn't move the ball and the defense was on the field so fast. And they found their quarterback in the second half of that game, and the, the rest has been history, so to speak. So you'll you'll almost eat that loss to have accomplished what you've accomplished and find the guy that's going to be your quarterback for four years. Right. So, I mean, this is a team that didn't have spring practice, and, and a lot of other teams, of course— are all in the same boat. I mean, they didn't. So you just go out there and do what you can. And I, I'm impressed with a first-year coach that he's been able to get his message across that quickly. That's not easy to do. Usually it takes a couple years. SEC Coach of the Year? I think he's made a case for sure. But, I mean, there's some really good performances and really good coaches, so it's hard to say one way or the other. But I think he has made the case so far. It's There's still a little ways to go. Uh, Illinois. Good start, bad finish. Iowa trounces them 35-21, scores 35 straight. The Illini still just kind of trying to get off, and they've had some COVID-19 issues too, but Lovey Smith just trying to get that program moving, and Iowa really took it to them. We'll have Gary Pinkle from My Garage Happy Hour on the way, and we will also have Travis Ford on the way. They put a hurting on Arkansas Pine Bluff, not much of a surprise there, 107-54. 
Uh, first time since 1995 that they scored 100. He's at 1045. 11-15, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, will be with us as we talk about tonight's game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. Can't wait to talk to Mitch, one of my good buddies. 11-30, John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations, one of the most listened to segments on the show. I might say the most listened to. So we look forward to that. And then 11:45, we will hear from Eli Drinkwitz. He'll call in live and join us for the last 10 minutes of the show and check in on what's happening over there after they lit up the dome last night and won that game 50-48 to over Arkansas. Should be a fun show. It's sports on a Sunday morning. George, great to see you. You too. Thanks for the visit. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, presented by Brown & Crouppen. Brown & Crouppen, 222-2222, on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. My Garage Happy Hour with Gary Pinkle was a lot of fun. It's on every Thursday at 5.30 on the KMOX Sports Facebook page. We've had some great guests uh, through this entire year. And Coach Pinkle, the winningest coach in Mizzou history, said some very nice things about Eli Drinkwitz and Barry Odom, by the way, his great friend who he said wants to win this game really, really bad. And they came up two points short against Missouri yesterday, 50-48. to 48. But my visit with Pinkle, going back in time and reminiscing about some of the great games in his career. Let's kick back and enjoy. 10.45 will be slew coach Travis Ford. Here's Coach Pinkle. Uh, I know you would know that, and I know, uh, knowing him, he is going to be fired up for this game, no doubt. Mizzou and Arkansas this weekend as we sit here talking on December 3rd. 2020. It's really something to think. 20 years ago that you were hired at Missouri, you and I were talking off the air backstage a little bit about uh, that first year of us together because I actually filled in for Chris Trevino for your last two games at K-State where it was uh, snowing and sleeting sideways and then at Michigan State uh, where they put a hurting on you there in that last game. And my assignment as the sideline reporter was to walk off the field and wait for you. Uh, that I was the first person to talk to you. And as a young uh, pup, let's see, that was 2001, so I was uh, 26. I had been at KMOX since 97. Mizzou hired me that year to, to do games, and here comes Gary Pinkle off the field. And I remember asking you, um, what do you say to your team after a game like that? And you looked me dead in the eye, and you said, we don't talk about what we say to the team. I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, next question. Uh, but – but uh, <laughs> But we got through the interview, and, and uh, that, I'm talking about the Michigan State game, and it yeah. was uh, that was a tough one. That was a tough one to end on, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, well, that was 9/11. That game was scheduled, you know, the week after 9/11 happened, and so they all football, college football was canceled for one week, and so we played that game later. And uh, you know, my players, uh, you know, we, we played awful. We, we just we didn't want to be there, and so we tried to turn that negative into a positive and so we cranked things up a little bit more than we normally did like i always do you're going to learn lessons from everything and i'll tell you those kids that first came with us you know those those kids in those first four years uh they were so hugely important uh to turn this thing for us you know we ran into a couple of them when 2006 and 7 we started winning at a high level and and people never really talked anymore you know you know they, they you know they, they they were kind of removed from that we had we had one million season in four years and so I knew that at that time they said, well, we feel like you're part of it. So I learned a little lesson there. And so I always tell people that all the time. They started with those guys, those guys that stuck with us. A lot of kids quit. That was okay. There's a lot of kids that stuck with us and were very, very positive and helped us recruit. Even though they're going to leave the next year, two years later, 
they, they, they did a remarkable job and everybody was part of, of turning the thing, but it was a remarkably difficult task. That's what I remember more than anything. Yeah, I remember number two Texas comes into Furrow Field early in your career. Uh, they're wearing those all-white uniforms. They come out, and here they are, big Texas. I mean, they were tough. And you, you gave them a game. You did. You gave them a game. I think, yeah, I think you lost by maybe 14, 15 points, somewhere in yeah. that range, 16. And after the game, in the press conference, you were very firm on – it wasn't my question, but somebody asked a question about feeling good after giving them a game. And you said something along the lines of, well, that's – that's the issue here. You know, we're trying to build a winning culture here and we want to win these football games. And that's what we're set out to do. And we're going to set out to win these games and we want to play well. And I, and I think at that point you set a tone, you, you weren't saying you were upset with the players necessarily. They were trying out there, but you want to win football games and you were set out to win a lot of them. And you were making a statement there. Do you remember? Well, I, was, I was, I was upset with the fans because when mm-hmm. the team went in, the, you know, the other stands where we went in, went in to go into the locker room, our, our, you know, because we played really well. Right. And they clapped. And I went to press conference. And I said, you know, I, I just was adamant. I said, you know, that's, we, don't, we don't applaud when we lose. We're not going to do that. We can't. So, anyway, I get pumped up talking about it. But the point is, that, that was a learning lesson for our fans that, to, to raise your standard for what you want Mizzou football to be. Just as I'm doing what we're trying to do. And uh, so that was, that was quite a moment. It was a it was a moment, and then another thing that sticks out in your early days in Missouri was, gosh, I, I miss him so much. I love John Cadillac. He was uh, he he and I uh, were friends since I was a, a little tyke, and uh, my he and my dad were great friends. And I was at one of your practices, and Cadillac. I was watching Kirk Farmer uh, doing some reps, and Cadillac tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, "You should also." be watching that kid over there and it was brad smith (laughs) and he knew and you knew didn't you that you had something special in brad smith and that when when brad smith and your your program started to take off starting with that game against illinois here in st louis things started to change didn't they yeah i'll never forget uh after that game you know when i had to make a really tough decision to go with him but you know we had to do what we thought the right thing to do was and uh and i i remember uh, in practice, when we were scrimmaging and things like that, you couldn't tackle. So the, the defensive players would tag, just tag Brett, just tag him, you know. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, he's not going to be people. I'm just telling you. Well, that's what happened against Illinois. All of a sudden, we go out there, and Brad all of a sudden scrambles and goes 25 yards. And it looks like he's not even running. And, you know, there's the whole thing that happened in that game. And, and I, remember, uh, I remember when we uh, got in our bus and started heading home, you know, I looked over at one of our coaches and I says, we got a quarterback. This guy's going to be really, really good. And, and you know, we, we were building our program, building great players up around him. And he was a catalyst for the beginning for changing Mizzou football. And uh, I get chills, uh, to, you know, talking about him, thinking about him. But he's really, really a, a great young man. And, and he was a leader in, in every aspect. It's so hard to bring down so uh, much a winner, winning player. And – you really had something going, and beating Nebraska at home was extremely special. You know, I actually said that. Yeah. First time in 25 years, Tom. Yes, it was. Hey, I actually, uh, when I uh, watched, my alma mater is Indiana, and I watched Indiana beat Michigan earlier this year, and I actually said that. I said, you know, 
It reminds me of when Missouri beat Nebraska. Tom Allen has that program going now, and it reminds me of Gary Pinkle. They go out, they beat Nebraska, and beat them good. And it was the first time in 25 years, and, and now you know there's a, there's a new team in the Big 12, and it's Missouri, and they're not going anywhere. They're going to be around for a while. That, that was a jolt uh, into that fan base and that program. That's got it was such a great. I got photos down downstairs in my, in my house here of that game and, and the pandemonium on the field after that game. Fans and it was they're waited so long. We had twenty five years to beat them, and uh, you know we ended up going to bowl that year. It was our first bowl. Our taste the next year we didn't go, and I think we went eight or nine in a row after that. So uh, you know we uh, that was that was a you know you start slowly start winning some big games. You slowly start changing the culture. And that's what you, what you did, and, and we uh, eventually got that thing going pretty good. Yeah, you did. I remember driving down to Shreveport. I mean, I was just like, yeah, they're going to a bowl, man. They played I played Arkansas. Yeah, and it was uh, it was New Year's Eve, and you know, it's just good times down there. And and that was something else is that you really celebrated bowls and bowl wins. And you're not playing on New Year's Day, but that's what you just said. You were building something. You're creating a culture. We're playing an extra game in the postseason. That's a big deal. And whether it was the, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport or the Sun Bowl in El Paso, which I went down and, and covered as well, uh, those were all very, very important moments, win or lose. Of course, you want to win them, uh, but those were important moments for you. And uh, it was also the development of Chase Daniel during that yeah, time yeah. that we well, started to see winning players. Goals, Tom. I mean, we, that's where we, we do a lot of goals. We're a very goal-setting organization. One was we want to win championships. And there's not just SEC championship, national championships. Everybody wants to do that, Big 12 championships. But there are divisional championships, which are mammothly important because you can't get to the next level without, without hitting it. But there's also bowl championships. And so we just kind of we, – we, you get to put on your ring, uh, you know, that particular bowl, what it is, and, and say you were the champions of that bowl game. And uh, so it's in- interesting that you brought that up because that was really important. Uh, yeah, so we got this guy named uh, Chase Daniel that, that commits to us, and we find out all of a sudden, you know, he's committed. I think it was Steck, Dave Steck will uh, recruit him. And so uh, I get a call from Steck, and he says, guess what? He says the uh, he always wanted to go – Chase always wanted to go to Texas. Well, they had, they had one of the top recruits from, uh, 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 in there that was going to do – so he made an offer him. So then all of a sudden, this guy, this, the great player that they had, said, I'm not going to Texas. I'm going to LSU. And all of a sudden, I'm going, uh-oh. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, Steck calls me out and says, told me just what was going on. I said, okay, give me his number. So I call him up. And I call him up. And, hey, hey, hey Chase, how you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing good, coach. What's going on? I said, well, I'm just checking on it. I heard there's some, some things going on with Texas here a little bit. He goes, yeah, yeah. You know, they wanted uh, they kind of came in back on me and and you know to his to his just the way he was you know he didn't he didn't play the drama game or anything he says coach you know what I thought about it for a minute I, I'm gonna go where people want me the most and Mizzou wants me the most and I went I didn't I didn't go oh my god <laughs> I felt like you know, I really knew it's like I, I I I can't do a lot of things but I have a pretty good uh, eye in, in for evaluation of quarterbacks. And I thought he was a remarkably talented young man. And so, anyway, we got him. His freshman year, Brad Smith gets hurt a little bit in the game, and we're down. I think it's against um, Iowa State. And uh, we put this guy named Chase Daniel to go out and finish the game, and he's out of high school. He's a freshman. 
Nico, and you remember that. Our fans remember that game. Bam, 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 bam. We win the game. So after the game, I go over, I go over to to, to uh, Brad Smith, or I mean Chase Daniel, and I say, and I and I said, Chase, I said, you know what's going to happen here, and I was going to tell him about the media, and he goes, yeah, you have to. He didn't even he interrupted me. He said, you know, respectfully, he goes, Coach, I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. I said, okay, good. And he went into that thing in the meeting. They said they said to you, do you think you should be able to start or at least play half the game? And he goes, start. Brad Smith is is, is is the starting quarterback here. I'm a backup. If, if, if he, they need me to help, I'm going to help. I mean, just the brilliance of, of an incredible guy. You know, a couple years later, he's a Heisman finalist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you, you coach better when you got good players and certainly when you got good quarterbacks. He is. What a great teammate. Uh, and he remained a great teammate, you know, throughout the NFL. But I, I love that story. And I love I just think that, you know, if you told Chase Daniel, go throw a block on that guy, he'd go do it. He told, you know, I mean, he yeah. was this guy was a football player, no doubt about it, at Missouri. And gosh, I mean, I there's so many, you know, what did you do when you got Jeremy Macklin, by the way? Well, Jeremy Macklin was he was going to go to Oklahoma, you know. Yeah. And so he, you know, he, you know, we, we lost him or anything. So please come up, just keep visiting, visiting, visiting. And then, you know, J-Mac, you know, he, J-Mac comes in and says, uh, says, I'm going to, he changed it. So I'm going to go to Missouri. We'll get, well, guess what? Best players in the state of Missouri don't usually do that at, at the University of Missouri. But he was a catalyst. That's when it started. That's when we started other great players in the state stayed home because of J-Mac. And then you throw J Mac, and I go a list of guys. There's a bunch of guys oh, yeah. in the NFL off those teams, and that's player development. That's all that. You know, I got to say that too. You know, I I get a lot of credit for a lot of things here, but at the end of the day, the great things about football is it's people working together. And I had great staffs, and I had great players, and I, you know, Chad Muller and the media they deal with all those things that we did there. I mean, we had trainers, we had player development people, all these people working. So of those 12 games for 48 hours, those 12 games, four hours apiece, you did all that work year-round, all that time for 48 hours of evaluation. And we had a bunch of great kids that became unselfish. And so, you know, when we talk about being successful and having a great year, uh, you know, there's some catalysts there, but there's a lot of players involved in being a part of something like that. There are so many great wins. I, I'm not going to ask you to pick one, but I'll tell you mine. Um you know, the win, I've heard some people say, in fact, Mike Alden told me this on the air one time. He, his personal favorite was the Cotton Bowl because you went in, it's a New Year's Day Bowl, and you went in, you beat uh, your opponent like a drum, right? Uh, other people will tell you it's when Oklahoma came to Faroe Field and, and McGoffey runs it back for a touchdown. Number one okay, team in the nation comes in, you put a hurting on them and the Sooners. We had, uh, game, we had game day that week. And, uh, game day. Oh, I it, mean, it was – it was it was awesome. Our I was I actually didn't work that game, so I was just a fan. I sat there with my with my wife and friends, and we tailgated all day long and went in. My wife was pregnant; uh, she was wonderful. She she stuck out the entire tailgate. Went in. We saw. We got in. Sat down right at kickoff. McGoffey runs it back. Place goes nuts. That's up there. But I blame, I, blame Gabbert too. Having a you know a, a phenomenal awesome. night. There's so. another of your great run of quarterbacks, Blaine Gabbert from right here in St. Louis Parkway West. But for me, it's Arrowhead. I mean, it's the win over Kansas at Arrowhead. It was just the the anticipation, the build up, 
I remember chatting with a friend when we left Lawrence, Kansas one day for one of your games there. And I said to him, if, if Missouri ever got uh, to the, to the top level and Kansas did at the same time, it would be unbelievable. And it happened. It happened uh, that year, Arrowhead stadium, incredible atmosphere. And you won an unreal game to, to be at the top of the mountain, Gary, that was uh, a special moment. That was, uh, you know, we, we because of a lot of things that happened in that, that day, I think LSU got beat, some other people got beat, and all of a sudden whoever wins is probably going to rank number one. I, players were aware of it, really didn't talk about it at all. Um, but I tell people that, you know, I've been fortunate that I coached in three Rose Bowls, Orange Bowls, and here Cotton Bowls, and, and all the different things that we've been to, the different kind of bowls that we've been to uh, here, and uh, in big environments, big game day environments, you know. And that's as big a game day environment that you, you, you can be part of that team up there that has that kind of a that environment. Well, that's what that was. That was the fans, uh, the stadium group uh, and both teams had great players. I mean, Kansas was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, gosh, what a, what a, you know, I knew that I knew too that that game, I knew that game was going to be talked about forever. And I just, I just prayed. <laughs> There's one game to do, Lord. I just I want to win. Now, some people say, you know, why do you why do you pray to win? Do you think he? I said, well, you know what? If he does care, I'm going to ask him. So why not? <laughs> and you got it done. And uh, that year, you know, you you didn't get to finish the job necessarily and win a national championship when all eyes were on you. To that, that possibility was there. Yeah. Oklahoma got you in the Big Twelve championship game, and that that diminished that. But. Uh, you did come back and, and uh, finish strong, and uh, we talked about that. But what a great moment that was for Missouri, a very proud moment, Arrowhead Stadium, and really vaulted you to some terrific years beyond that. And, you know, you know, I think about your – That's uh, – I'm going to cut it there and let you go to the Camo Exports Facebook page and, and see the rest of it. There's still a good 15 minutes left where we get into the transition into the SEC – and some other things from Gary Pinkle's career and a discussion about Eli Drinkwitz. That is Gary Pinkle, the winningest coach in Mizzou and Toledo history, by the way. Uh, He was a longtime assistant for Don James at Washington, teammates with Nick Saban at Kent State. Saban was a defensive back. Pinkle was captain of the team and a tight end, and uh, he tells the story in that interview that Saban was going to go work for his dad at a car dealership in West Virginia. And Don James... Uh, talked to Saban and said, you know, you should think about coaching. And Saban went to Pinkle. They were about the same age and said, what do you think? And Pinkle's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, you should, you know, they thinks you're good at it. You should try. He's like, pretty good decision on his part. Uh, probably the greatest uh, college football coach ever, Nick Saban. Gary Pinkle's up there. Terrific career, terrific success. We appreciate him joining us on the Garage Happy Hour every Thursday at 5.30 on the KMOX Sports Facebook page. We try to replay some of that on sports on a Sunday morning. Travis Ford's been on the Garage Happy Hour. He's next. As the Billikens win it yesterday, we'll discuss it right here. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning, presented by Brown & Crouppen. Brown & Crouppen, 222-2222, on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Hey, welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. 10.47 is the time, and uh, the players are from St. Louis University. Take a listen. For Hargrove. Now up top, Linson. 
One dribble back for TJ. He's got an open look for three. Bang! Terrence Hargrove Jr. <laughs> Bob Ramsey with the call. Stolen away by Markai. Strickland to the hole. Jam time, and he made it look easy. And they did in a win over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 107-54. Joining us is the head coach of that team, Travis Ford. Good to talk to you, as always, on Sports on a Sunday Morning. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Great to be with you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great to be with you. You topped the century mark as a team for the first time since 95. That was what a lot of people pointed to yesterday. I think you're just looking for a good, solid 40 minutes from your team, and you got it yesterday. Yeah, we did. You know, uh, you know, as we talked to our team about the day before, you know, those games, even our players know we're supposed to win those games, but supposed to has never won a game. You got to go out and perform. You got to go out and put some action by it. And you got to do it. Uh, the do part is a lot more important than the supposed to part. So that, as a coach, I was pleased to see that we went out and did what you know what we were supposed to do, and we went out and did it. We we we. From the get-go, we were in control of the game. We never allowed the other team to gain any confidence. Um, we continued to be unselfish even when we got a lead. We continued to defend even when we got a lead. We got everybody a chance to play. So from those standpoints, you know, we, we got a lot out of it. Um, so there's something to be said for going out and, and, and actually taking care of your business. And it seemed like it had been forever since you had played. <laughs> to, to me, it, you know, did it to it, you? It did. Yeah, yeah, it did. You know, we were we actually were trying to find a game that whole week after the LSU game. Uh, it was finals week for us, so we'd had a built-in break in there because of finals. Now our, our kids, you know, they're they're taking their finals remotely uh, right now last week, so it was good to let them concentrate on their academics and let that be the priority. But we were actually after coming off the LSU game felt. Like we were playing well, we wanted we didn't really want to take a break. We wanted to keep playing, just couldn't find uh, an opponent, the right game, and we were off a week. And we were a little concerned about would we be a little rusty? How would we respond to a team that again that we're supposed to be coming off a big win against LSU? And you know the 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 week of practice was. Uh, during final week is always difficult because you're practicing at such different times of the day uh, that, that you get out of your routine. So there was a lot of concerns going into last night's game, actually. I would assume so. And in shooting the ball well, you did. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I, is is 66% good? That's uh, that's uh, some we'll shooting. That. We'll take it. <laughs> that's some shooting percentage. And uh, you really, you know, you get the scoring across the board. I want to talk, though, going back to the LSU game because that was a great uh, measuring stick for you against a, an SEC team that a lot of people like, I think, around the nation. And it created a very big early buzz for St. Louis University, which can't uh, be anything but good for you, but especially around Javante Perkins, who deserves that. He had a tremendous game against LSU. Um, what right now is the biggest challenge for him moving forward as he has already established that he can score. Yeah. So it was a big game for him. It was a big win. It got us, uh, you know, uh, some notoriety nationally and obviously and that's out of respect for LSU and the program they've had and the tradition they have in basketball and kind of where they're picked preseason this year. So uh, to start, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a great win for us. Uh, and Javante Perkins, no question, has played well. We all know he's capable of scoring. 
Uh, you know, he can score it so score the ball so many what really unusual in today's game a little bit. Um, you know, he can shoot three. He can he probably has the best mid range in college basketball. Uh, he's good at getting to the hole. Last night, he really did a good job getting to the hole and finishing at the rim. He makes free throws, so he can score at all levels. The thing he's got to do, continue to do is uh, is continue to get better at defense, which he has, but there's always room for improvement, uh, and then continue to get bigger and stronger. And I'm talking about being, things to be able to play at the next level. Um, and he's working on those things every single day. Uh, and it, there's no question he's got a lot of notoriety over the last week or so. But make no mistake, you know, Jordan Goodwin is, is, uh, is what makes our team go. He is uh, an incredible leader. His passion, his, uh, his leadership is very contagious to everyone else. Um, and, you know, we're, 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 we're really, uh, we go as Jordan goes a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And Hassan French and those two, Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French, are going to receive the Carl O'Bauer Award on Tuesday from the Jack Buck Awards as the top amateur athletes or coaches. Uh, that's what the award goes to in the St. Louis area. That's a big-time award. You'll be playing at that time against Central Arkansas. We're going to carry that game on KMOX, and then we'll tape delay the award ceremony so people can hear that after the game. I know that's exciting for you. And uh, what is the latest on Hassan French? How's he looking to you? No, Hassan's great. He played last night. I think mm-hmm. he had 15 points, uh, six, seven rebounds you know, in, in fairly limited minutes and what, you know, as far as the minutes, minutes he would normally play. Uh, he's been back practicing pretty much ever since the LSU game. He's been back pretty much full go. So he's 100% healthy. Fred Thatch played last night uh, and looked good, looked really good. Uh, so we're excited about those two guys getting back healthy. Yeah, it's good to see. You know, a week ago, Richmond beat Kentucky 76-64 not a surprise to me. I mean, two things. Yeah. Kentucky starts slow. We know that. Evansville got him last year. But hello, Richmond was picked first in the Atlantic 10. Atlantic 10 mm-hmm. no joke, Coach. I mean, I, yeah. I'm i not just saying that because you're in the league, but I think it's probably time people wake up. The Atlantic 10 is a basketball conference, big time. It, it, it is, and I think we're finally getting some of the respect nationally that it deserves, and you only get that by winning games uh, like the LSU, like Kentucky, and TCU has beat Memphis, and, you know, Davidson has lost three high-level games on last-second shots. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of big wins in our league. Uh, I, the Richmond game did not surprise me, them beating Kentucky, first because Richmond is really, really good and old. I think they have three to four fifth-year seniors in their starting lineup. Uh, really old veteran team. Uh, their top nine scores are back from last year. Uh, and then Kentucky at all freshmen, pretty much. And that's a tough, especially the way Richmond plays. They, they run a difficult offense to guard. That's a lot for a group of freshmen to, to guard that quickly uh, right out of a season starting. So that wasn't a shock, but it was a big win uh, for Richmond and our league. Absolutely, and it won't be long. Cal will have that thing rolling. He always does. So yeah. He gets, gets those guys playing well right. together, your alma mater, uh, the University of Kentucky. Travis, before we have a minute to go, just as we look at the college basketball landscape and with regard to COVID, uh, what has been your view of it so far as we keep our fingers crossed we can just keep this thing going? 
Well, you know, it's it, it's it, it, every day it continues to be, uh, you know, you just don't know what each day brings. It's been chaos in college basketball from our standpoint. Just really, I don't know of a better word than just chaos. Uh, I think 25 games were canceled yesterday. Um, you know, uh, I think they said a third of the teams have been in quarantine thus far. Uh, multiple teams have been in twice. Um, you know, you just got to appreciate each day, understand the priorities, try to keep everybody safe and healthy. Uh, but it's, you know, in these college sports right now, it's, it's a little bit of chaos when it comes to just day-to-day operation. Well, we wish you the best as you move forward and take on Central Arkansas. We'll have the tip at 7 right here on KMOX. We always love these visits, Coach. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. We'll be back after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 